When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. We've briefly touched on this before, but millennials are approaching the 40 mark. So in 2023, this year, 3.6 million people will turn 40. And this is the third wave of millennials to turn 40. Now, if you were to go back 40 or 50 years, this was the point in people's lives where they would have that quote unquote midlife crisis. And it was a completely different time in people's lives. I believe that was coined in the mid 60s, right? Yes, uh, there was a psychiatrist that coined the phrase midlife crisis in the in like 1965. Oh, there you go. And it was thought to be a time of depression in yeah. in a person's life. Well, I that speak you know, and I can tell you exactly why because people thought that their their youth was escaping them and then they, they you know, they were supposed to be these responsible older individuals and most people at 40 you have to in in the mid 60s had kids uh, graduating high school mm-hmm. millennial millennials are in a completely different spot completely different spot they have fewer kids a lot don't have kids a lot of them don't have homes a lot of them don't have homes um the ones with kids their kids are are still little i think the average first time parent is 29? I don't know. Right I, now? Yeah. I, uh, I don't have that pulled up in front of me, but I think it's close to that. It might even be a sure. little bit older now. So people are having kids later in life. So it's like life looks completely different at 40 for millennials than it did for their parents. Do you think there is a, uh, since you're, this is right in your wheelhouse, you're 38, do you think that those who are approaching that mark that don't have children yet are starting to maybe feel the angst or if they want children, that's, that's where I'm at. I I would say that. Um, because you, you get to that point because with women, you know, the, the biological clock does, does tick. It's a very real thing. Like you only have so many eggs. Right. Um, and with guys, not so much, but couples that are together, right. And around that same uh age, is this where they, are like because I I think most millennials the ones I know waited till right around that thirty mark mm-hmm. right so you're a decade I would say in. if you are approaching that age and you haven't made a decision it would be like well do you know crunch do you, time do you know any couples that age that age that don't have kids that are are thinking about maybe they would like to. Uh, because that's that's Gosh, a not big off, decision. Not off the top of my head, but that's also a pretty intimate topic. Sure, it is. Where there, I probably do know some. 
but I just am not aware of kind of what their situation is like. I have a lot of friends right around that age Mm -hmm. and, uh, there are a few that I know that are have tried, but w- without success, mm-hmm. and that and it's a and that's a sensitive topic. Definitely. It really is. We you and absolutely I, you and I learned that you know on the radio, the just for years, just talking to people, right, yeah, and, and getting that mass people that we know. Yes. Oh my God. That have struggled with infertility. Yeah. So that, but I mean. Is that one of the things what they start to think about? Because um, it's going one of two directions at that point. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely um, like do or die. Like right. like it's time to make a decision. Right. And even once you make that decision, if you were unsure, it's not guaranteed. Right. So that's well, it difficult. Be, it becomes riskier, right? Yeah, and you know, but. So I'm 38. I'll be 39 this summer, and I just have my annual physical. Sure. And my doctor asked. Really? If if I if we were going to have any more kids, what? and I Doctor, was like, Doctor Carlson, I was like, I'm 38 years old. I I'm done. Like and my she, kids are six and a, almost 11. And like, what did what did she say? She was like, Okay, I was just wondering. I was just, <laughs> you know, I just want to kind of get. She just they gauged, you know, kind of sure. where you're at, like physically, right? And I was like, No, no, <laughs> no. But it was funny that yeah. you know that it came up. But looking at our kids, they're almost 11 and six. Yep. I feel very much. Yeah. Done. I think we're happy with what where yes. we're at. Yeah. And I and was blessed, average aged yeah. when I had both of them. Sure. You know, yeah. like I wasn't super young. I wasn't yeah. on the older end. It was just right right in that unlike, average wheelhouse. Unlike me. You were a little I older. Be, I didn't become a father until I was 47. Yep. That's uh but, it, but not fu- unheard of. Though. No, not for guys. At all. The funny thing is I've run into a lot of other men that have gotten into their forties before they had children. Yeah. That's not as uncommon as I initially thought it would be. And my parents were barely twenty when they had me and it was I, the I would same not thing, recommend. Yeah. It was the same thing you know? with me. Yeah. Like it's that's a totally different experience. It was too. the sixties, man. Well, mine were the mine was the eighties. But, but mine I were remember the 60s. my parents turning forty and I was like well out of high school yeah. when they turned 40, yep. which is weird to think about having kids that old now. Right. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, so that's one of, one of the things. And I guess as far as like millennials freaking out or panicking when they turn 40, it definitely feels big, but not panic. I don't feel panicky about it. But you're at a different point in your life, I think. Mm-hmm. I, there's when, I mean, for years, the midlife crisis, and we've talked about this before, but it was the 18 year old girlfriend and a Corvette for men. Yeah. Or like <laughs> buying right? a, buying a boat right, and right. a vacation home in Costa Rica or whatever. Well, they say that millennials don't have the, uh, the spending money yeah, that, that the, they did in generations That's past. actually one of the big things that they're saying is like. I read an article and the headline was like, poor busy millennials are doing the midlife crisis differently. And just earnings, um, uh, uh, assets, it's all way lower. Yeah. You know, house housing prices are astronomically high. Like there's all these different, the education, student loans, like there's all these factors where millennials are not at the same point financially that they're the earlier generations were either. And so they're kind of looking at how, how they're going to, do their midlife crisis. Uh, one of the things that I read is that they're getting into adventurous or like healthy habits. Well, we've taught, this is all part of what we've been talking yeah. about. They are, uh, they are in much better shape than generations past. And they do embrace 
I, I think one of the wonderful things that they have done is not only like embraced a healthier lifestyle, but they uh, are more conscious about our environment and the world that we live in. Yes, I think that that's a, a huge factor too. And they they respect their health and yeah. they want to stay healthy and young longer yeah. because they want to live longer. Yeah. Um, and I, they will, they will, by the way. They, they, I mean, that's going to rapidly increase here over the next few years. As long as the planet can hang right. on. <laughs> as long as we're still here and the aliens haven't just decided to end it. <laughs> One article that I read said uh, millennials feel trapped. They're not happy with it, but they don't really have a huge number of options, which is... What, what makes them feel trapped? Well, I just, it's just have you can't just walk away from your life if you can't afford to of course yeah. right yeah sure absolutely. and i think that's the situation that a lot of people that age are at like they're they're in the thick of their life and even if they don't like their circumstances they just kind of have to renegotiate their circumstances and not just give it all up because that's not an option right like right. i can't go to a goat farm Right. Which is what I joke about doing. <laughs> right. Well, it just wouldn't. But I don't think that that that, that, that would be your midlife crisis. It kind of sounds like just it. Just like to just disappear off into the mountains <laughs> or the desert somewhere, set up the goat farm and just kind of vanish. Right. Right. I wouldn't last long. So is, is their midlife cr uh, crisis more existential than rather than material? You know, uh, because of the uh, the required funds to yeah. go crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like um, looking, you know, and I'm not referring to strictly millennials here, but millennials are busy. Yeah, And so they're sure. looking at kind of all the plates that they're spinning or balls that they're juggling and they're kind of reevaluating them or negotiating with them. Like remote work is a big option now so it's like if you and that's going to continue to grow instead of like leaving your family you can relocate your whole family and yeah. like create a different life somewhere else instead right. of just like peacing out no but but it's i know something that uh was appealing to you that is becoming more and more popular even in the outstate areas it's funny because right after the pandemic i was having a discussion with a uh a commercial real estate developer. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, what you are used to is never coming back. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, we gotta have the culture, this, that. And I said, no, it isn't. It, it doesn't matter whether you want it or not, they're not gonna do it. Three years later, the same developer is uh, putting apartments down in a smaller, really tight-knit community here in Southern Minnesota and talking about how millennials like to work remotely and walk to all of their, you know? Yes, yeah, and I was like, yeah, no kidding. Like, this, oh, is, this is exactly what I told you. Light right, bulb. Yeah. I love to walk. Well, there's, the, it's, a, the, it's weird. I just The funny thing is when you brought that up to me, like living in that urban environment where there's no vehicle required, I thought about that when I was younger as well, living in the city, you know, yeah, the brownstones just, like in New York yeah, and stuff like, like that. Just walk to the market, yeah. pick up your fresh right. flowers and your coffee. And it's idyllic yeah. in my head, which I'm sure there's for people certain. that like, you know, that more urban type. Yeah. I think I, I agree. Cause I, I, I could get into that for sure. I, that's funny that it would be cool to see more outlying areas 
grow communities well, like that. It, 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 the, the funny thing is, it was, I mean, he was adamant that it wasn't going to happen <laughs> and now literally pushing it. I'm like, I get it. I, of course, the, of course, because that's what they want. You're they're, they're, The remote work is going to grow and you're going to find these, a lot of them in smaller communities where they don't need a vehicle. Yeah. And, they, and they're not, and they're not upset about it. Right. It's, yeah. it's a lifestyle choice. And, and uh, I mean, it's not just the ability to just live in a community like that, but they, they're again, conscious about the environment mm-hmm. and all these other things, right. their carbon footprint. Right. I love it. Uh, another thing that millennials are doing in their midlife, not crisis, but in their midlife is really owning their choices. And this is something we talk about a lot too. Like yeah. you don't have to explain yourself. If it's a no, you don't have to justify like how you're living or what you're doing or what your choices are. I mean, as long as you're not hurting anyone and, and that's something that millennials are embracing as they get older, where I think older generations felt very much like held to a, a expectation. Right. Well, I think a lot of people in the past, again, even going back just 30 or 40 years, by the time they had reached that mark, that 40 mark, they kind of felt like they were heading in as crazy as it sounds into the twilight years. Mm -hmm. Right. And now that's, you're just beginning middle age. Yeah. That's just the very beginning of it. I mean, there, I mean, I know that the average age, because (laughs) not to sound morbid, but a lot of the the boomers and stuff are going to die off around that average. But I think millennials and even some of the Gen Xers, and certainly Gen Z are going to live much longer yes. because because of their healthier lifestyles, mm-hmm. which leads me to this point. <laughs> and I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but I, I can't remember where I read this. It might have been New York Times because I do, I do love the Times. But they say that be careful, millennials, because you may not be having that midlife crisis now, but since you're going to live longer, that may that may come at around fifty or fifty five. Oh, like, does it last for twelve years? Well, you no, know, they're saying that no, you just will approach it later because that will be what you consider midlife. Millennials don't consider themselves at forty. What, right to what, technically what, be in the middle of their well, life. Well, they, they don't. Yeah, they don't think of that uh, like past generations do. Mm-hmm. They say that they will get into their fifties before they really contemplate their immortality. So that they're saying that the, the midlife crisis could come. Just hang on a like, bit because we, when it does arrive, you'll know it. Like you're going to get your Porsche and your 18 year old 55, 55 <laughs> instead of 40. <laughs> like this is not a midlife crisis. No 40 year olds. This is, <laughs> but it's a benchmark. And I I'm wondering, you know, and I, that's why I'm asking you since you're 38, what, what the group mm-hmm. of friends that you have, yeah. uh, like you grew up with, even some of your high school friends, do they talk about it? Oh, yeah. And because I was very young for my class, I was born in late summer and I went to school just after I turned five. So I have my our first wave of 40, 40th birthdays is this summer. Oh, wow. For our high yeah. school group. Because you were young. Because I was young. Yeah, so was I. So, uh, Yes, we have already talked about it. We're like, how's everyone holding up? Like, what's going on? We're going to be 40. And everyone's doing all right. 
you know, but there is a lot of, I think, evaluation. Well, I think a lot of people, when they get to that point, they reflect back and then they, you know, like what did, as a young individual, Mm -hmm. when I was graduating high school or I was in college, where did I think I would be when I was in 40? And then they look at when I was at 40 and then they look at their life now and they're like, and it may not be exactly what they envisioned. I don't even remember thinking about it. Neither did I, because I was, and I might be different on when it comes to this, but I just, I've never, never considered any age or year a benchmark. To me, it's go until it's over (laughs) and, you know, live life to the fullest. And I think a lot of people are starting to think like that. Oh, I think so too. And I, again, I, I will turn 40 next year and I'm not freaking out. I'm like thinking about my party right. that I want to have. Sure. I'm not freaking out right. about the age, but, I, right. but there's some reflection yeah. and, and I think, um, more intentionality going forward because right. I, I do feel like I kind of got to this point, just le- letting life happen to me yeah, and not really like mapping out what I wanted it to look like. I think my, approach to my health and fitness may have been my version Mm. of a midlife you can call it a crisis whatever you want but i decided because i i just looked around you know and i'm like this is going one of two directions Mm -hmm. and i want to be in the direction with the guys that are going to live longer and have better quality of life as we move forward so that's why i chose to just stop drinking start working out and eating healthier and taking care of myself. So maybe that was my version. The one term I've seen is midlife crossroads, sure. which would yeah, align like with that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I think when I made the choice to live an alcohol-free lifestyle, I had a similar right. thought. It was like, I can I can see where this is going, and I don't like it. Right. And it was it seemed drastic at the time, but I knew that, that was it was like a fork in the road, like yeah. a crossroads. I listened, and I brought this up before, but I listened to a doctor say that, we as a society are at this point where in a decade from now, you're going to see two different types of people <laughs> and it'll be, it'll stand out. Mm-hmm. You know? So it now is the time to choose which direction you want to go. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know where I'm heading. You know, I'm following those guys. Yes. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, I, I think that it, I don't think that what happened. I, I try to think back what happened when I turned 40. Uh, well, I hung up. I guess I did make some pretty big changes, even with my career. I got off my really aggressive rock show mm-hmm. on radio, and I settled down and, again, started doing a more family-oriented. The demographic was predominantly 30, 40s, and 50-something women, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I remember Joel saying, this is the money demos, and, you know, I, have you played around enough? <laughs> Right. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I have. Right. So I guess I did. That was a pretty. Gosh, you were like 40 at that yeah, time. Literally, I was right at that point. Weird. Yeah, I was right at that age. And I was and I thought to myself, you know what? I can't be running around, running all of these, you know, college bar promotions yeah. and hanging out with all of these. You know, I was it was I was I had fun. I had fun for about 15 years doing that. Right. And when I remember turning 40, I was like, I got to settle down and find a more. Uh, uh, 
some, uh, something with longevity, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, well, I'm gonna have to get into the real, the real broadcast game. So that, that did change for me. And that was one of the big changes. I forgot that that is the age that you were when yeah. we kind of started the radio show. Right. Yeah. It was a big change. And it was you a very, very big change. Ended for my, a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That had been moved out long term. And I, uh, yeah. I or moved, right around that time. Moved into a small home by myself. And then uh, in my mid 40s, I bought this house. Mm hmm. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, I, it was a, it was a, yeah, it that's was, you. It, it was it's a lot not, of, it's not crisis-y, but it's right. Change, uh, a lot was, of change. I said, I think I, I think I somewhat settled down because mm-hmm. I lived a pretty wild life in my, my twenties and thirties were consumed by, well, I was in the Marine Corps. I went to broadcast school. I was doing, you know, I ran a rock radio show. I was, I was living like a young man until I was 40 mm-hmm. and it was nice to settle down. Interesting. And then, of course, in my 40s, Clara, Clara came along. Yep. So I and We mean, got married. You yeah. were in your 40s. Yeah. We got married. We got married. So that was, uh, hmm. if you think about that, mm-hmm. it was it was a pretty pivotal decade for me. Yeah. All, all of it was. Are, and, you, are, because, you, are you having a midlife crisis now? No, I'm not. I, my, <laughs> I, I've, that, I've, I've never, I don't even understand really to me what that is. I think I you people evolve, but there are guys, and I think the reason for that in the past, I believe this. The reason, and I, listen, I was divorced when I was 25 years old too, because mm-hmm. I got married when I was in the service, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that get married at that age when they're really, really young and they just stick with it for fear of whatever mm-hmm. when it comes to, because I grew up in a home where divorce was kind of taboo as well, right? And uh, I think a lot of them stick with that and then they get down the road and that first marriage that's why I tell young people, right? I'm, I know. I'm always giving Brett. I was like, don't you even think about it. <laughs> but um, I think that uh, those first relationships that you think are everything often turn out not to be, mm-hmm. right? And then you get, you find your, your, you know, your life partner a little bit later in life. Yeah, I was divorced at 27 or 28. It, it's... How many people, it's just like, it's so common now because when I was a kid, it was like, oh God. I know. Yeah. yeah. It was when I was a kid too. And divorces, like, I mean, it's pretty common. My now. parents were probably 40 when they got divorced. Right. Which is interesting because they got married really young. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I was born. So I, it makes you wonder like how many lives would be drastically different if it wasn't if it wouldn't have been so taboo back you know 40 years ago absolutely there was a lot of couples or even in, 30 years ago in the past that stayed together for the sole purpose of keeping the family together and not and, and then literally just planning on it down the line mm-hmm. when, when the kids are grown and gone yep. you know and that was and there's a different mindset with that now i think that was the thing of the past Maybe not for everybody, but yeah, I don't think for everyone. But it it's something to cons- consider that that yeah. is, if that's a choice that you're making intentionally, right? It that may not be the I, best. I, I think a lot of the midlife changes revolve around getting involved when you're in your early twenties, yeah. and we all do. I mean, I think I know a lot of us that did it. The fun here's something that I 
didn't realize, but I had, uh, you know, there was a group of us that I was in the service with, you know, probably about 10 in my unit, you know, and the guys that have been in the service understand that, right? There's, you, you come up with these guys, you, mm-hmm. you live together for four years. I mean, you eat, breathe, sleep, you're everything together. And every single one of us got married in our early 20s mm-hmm. and every single one of us got divorced. All of us. Yep. Which I, I was, my mind was blown when I, because when we all caught up on social media, when that came to be a thing, yep. I couldn't believe it because I asked about their wives. I was like, nope. And, and, and they did me too. They were like, they were like, you're, you're, you're not married. I'm like, nope. None of them. Not one. Not one of us. And that's, it uh, I makes mean, you wonder, like, with this is like going down a totally different path from how we started, but it makes you wonder with how high the divorce rate is and how many people that we just us know that got married really young, then ended up divorced. Like the, the wedding industry is so confusing to me because they are really selling that day and that wedding day experience to young 20 something year olds. Absolutely. And it just makes me wonder how that all shakes out. Well, Do you I, know what I mean? Yeah. I, I wonder what the divorce rate is in America now. I don't know. I like 50% has been as long as I can that's almost what, remember. That's they've what just they always said, said yeah, that it's, yeah. you know, it's 50%. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's probably still pretty close to I, that. I mean, I could Google it. If yeah. You I'd be interested wanna. to know what it is in, you know, this day and age, but you know, that, that back to our original point about what it looks like for millennials as they're about to turn 40. I think, you know, and they talk about that midlife crisis and we've brought it up before because I think that's when most of that generation will believe that they are entering their middle age, the very beginning of it, right? Probably 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, because people are so active. And so, I mean, if you follow any fitness influencers or people that are into the healthier living lifestyle that have given up alcohol and they concentrate on fitness and nutrition. There's people in their sixties that look like they're late thirties, early forties. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it I've is, noticed it's, that it's, too. It's insane. It's like, wow. And I'm like, and that's because of that. that. Right. Um, it looks like American psychological association, 40 to 50% of first marriages and in divorce. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. Do you want to know the divorce rate for second marriages? No. <laughs> it's 60 to 67%. <laughs> what what does it go to the third? And no, not oh. not I just that's just I the know, first thing that popped up on Google. <laughs> most people I know that got married a second time and then got divorced, they're like that's it. Oh, like they they yep. won't get married no, again. No, they they look they have they have partners, mm-hmm. you know, but they're like, mm, "No, we're not doing that again." Like that like that moment like or that, that yeah or that piece of paper is gonna do it it's like a cursed or something yeah. i i don't know i could see being but, a little gun shy sure, on that absolutely i don't i don't blame them at all i don't blame them i've had uh members of my family that have been married four maybe five times I mean, not 
Yeah. Not no judgment. <laughs> right. I, mean, I know, you know, everyone's path looks different. I, I had an aunt while I was growing up and telling my younger cousin, you just keep picking from the litter until you find the right one. <laughs> and I was like, what kind of, <laughs> I was like, that's not really great advice. Oh my gosh. So what, I mean, what are some of the other things I'm wondering? Because I think relationships are a big turning point at about that age. I, yeah, relationships, just like lifestyle choices, yeah. like we've been talking about. Um, do you think uh, regional, where, where you're at, location, mm-hmm. or do, do people just want to, I think millennials are just getting up and bailing and be like, I've had enough. Millennials are on the move. Yeah. And it's that, that feels like one of those things that, we can control. Well, I think it's easier for them because a lot of them rent. And a lot of them rent. A lot of them, if they don't work remotely, they they have the resources and the knowledge to f- find a job where you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, it's a global society. So it's you, getting it's, to be more. It's yeah. much more like, you know, it's less of a jolt to say like I'm going to move to Nevada. Right. Not me. Per se. I would, I would, <laughs> I told you because I've lived a pretty nomadic life. Right? You have, you've moved around. I mean, and I've I, lived in the upper Midwest my entire right. life, not in Minnesota, my entire life, but so Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. I've lived in you know the New England area and Southern California. And uh, this is where I was born, Minneapolis. I love, I love the Midwest, but I'm not opposed to venturing around. I like America. I like the lower 48 States. Although you and I did look at Portugal one time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, what, that no. was probably about this time of year. <laughs> right. When it was still snowing at the end of March. And, and we were like, like below, hey. Below zero. What's, uh, what's a great place to live outside of America? So, yeah. So I'm wondering if this will be that moment. So, yeah. It feels like moving feels like less of a earth shattering event where you're right. like, you know, there. Travel is really easy. You can you can keep in touch with family very yeah. easily with the internet. Yeah, so I think that that makes moving uh, a lot more accessible. Um, I think time is a really big thing for millennials. I think that we've figured out that our most valuable asset and resource is time. Yes, and it's our time, and so we're getting a lot more picky right. about who and what we spend time with and on. And I think they really pay attention to, especially when they're looking at career opportunities to work-life balance. Mm-hmm. That gets brought up a lot. Yeah, a lot of us saw our parents go through careers where they didn't have work-life balance. I think I think that ended with my generation. The 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 fact that you just go to the same job for forty hours a week for you know fifty years, yep. and then you and you just live for 15 years of retirement that thought pattern ended with my parents Mm -hmm. that's not how it is anymore no it's definitely not but i mean there are still people that have that mentality right i I would say it's not the norm certainly not for not me my generation are you you're gen y x x yeah you guys get forgotten i know you're smushed in between the boomers and the millennials you want to know why because we just raised ourselves (laughs) I'm not kidding. Gen, like the latchkey kids. Gen Xers will tell you that. We just took, we just did it all ourselves. Yeah. We learned about everything. You Lit- guys are totally like. Literally. The, the silent generation. Just like, yeah. It was in the 80s was honestly a great time to grow up. <laughs> it was. It was fantastic. College in the 90s. I was like, 
I don't regret it at all. It was fantastic. Because it, it, I think what made it really nice, it was before the internet. It was before the internet, yeah. which has changed everything. It has. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing because evolution and No, change, it's necessary. It's, it's inevitable, yeah. right? You can't, it's going to happen. But there so is a certain nostalgia it. about being a kid and remembering life before the internet. Absolutely. Which my generation is the last, and not even my whole generation, right. just the, the older half of my generation are the last people that have any memory of childhood without the internet, which is crazy right. to think about. So I wonder how many people, because I can tell you, and I can share this because we have access to incredible analytics because, well, podcasting is all online. That this is right in the wheelhouse of our core demo. Yeah, this 35 30, to 45. 30, 30, 35 to 45 is right in the wheelhouse. I mean, we do well 25 to uh, right up to about 60, right? Even into well into the 60s, actually 65. But our biggest audience listening to this podcast is 35 to 45 years old. Mm -hmm. So it's right in that right. Like, older millennial like hitting those milestones right and either 40s just in the rear view mirror or it's like right on the horizon it's on the horizon which is where which so is where we, we're, we're about to find out how they're going to handle the midlife crisis or will there be one or as i mentioned earlier is it going to be delayed 10 15 years because of the way we live today i feel like a lot of my friends are i wouldn't call what they're experiencing a crisis but it's definitely um, a reckoning of sorts. What? So what are they thinking? Where they just <laughs> they just want to make they want to live intentionally in the second half of their life or yeah. second two thirds or whatever length we <laughs> right. we have left. They they just want to kind of get to know themselves again. Some for the first time. Right, because we, you know, been told from childhood to be this person, and we're like, well, it doesn't feel like me. You know what I think that the, the the turning point, and they're approaching this point in their life that, and I talked about this just a couple of days ago, but they're getting to that point in their life where they really don't care as much what other people think, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because that's you spend all of your twenties and thirties thinking about that, right? And then you get into you hit about forty, yep. And you're like, nah, I really don't care what they think. And then, like I said, I've heard from older guys, they were like, you know what? You'll turn 60. They tell me this all the time. And you'll realize they weren't thinking anything Nobody about cared you. the whole Nobody, time. Yeah, they never cared. Nope. You were just thinking that. And that, going back to our, what we the discussion we just had, anxiety. Yeah. And if anybody did care, that was more a reflection of them than you. Yeah. Incredible. So it's like, right? just... Yeah, don't care what people think. Your time is yours. Like you get to choose how to spend it and use it. Right. It's a valuable resource. Um, there's a lot of like breaking generational patterns happening. Um, oh, for sure. With people that yeah. are that are my age and not just my age. I'm just speaking about right. no. you know, that what I'm experiencing, but there's a lot of that. Like, yeah. oh gosh, I grew up without these tools to handle my emotions. And now I'm seeing how that's affecting me as an adult. Well, guess what? I have the power and nothing against our parents. They didn't have it either. Right. And now I have the power to recognize that and change the way that I'm, I'm well, going forward. They just fed our parents' generation booze. 
Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it I was mean, like they, they weren't given the tools no. themselves. So how could they give us the tools? Right. But now well, we have access to so much. No, you can thank Gen X because we figured it out. Oh, we, is that what we, happened? We raised ourselves. We told the boomers to take a hike. <laughs> And we rebelled. We got the bit. We got the hairspray out. <sighs> grew the mullets. Leather pants. Grew the mullets, and then we, that just transitioned into our college <laughs> years in the '90s. And we were like, all of a sudden, this free-spirited world is out there, and you can thank Gen X because we blazed the path. <laughs> They're not the silent generation. No, but the, you're you're hearing a lot of that, like the the breaking generational patterns that's happening too. So I think that's. I don't, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but no, I do think I it's a bit of a reckoning. I think that that is a thing kind of that was coined in the sixties and it, and it, and it kind of died somewhere in the eighties. Yeah. I don't, I right? don't think that the, the stereo, and we've talked about this before that stereotypical midlife crisis is a thing of the past for no. most people. But I, I think that, um, it's a big transition to reach 40 even if not physically, I think there's just mentally and emotionally, it feels, yeah, it feels big because if you look at the statistics, once you pass 40 for a lot of people, you've lived longer than you have in the past than you have in front of you. Right. You have less, you have less time in front of you than you've already lived. And that is, I think that when people start to deal with that sense of mortality, yeah, they start to, you know, like, man, I'm going to make it count. And the speed of time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is something that I always heard older people say, and I didn't grasp it. But the older that I get, it does really feel like it is just hurtling. I had a friend of mine tell me a, a 10 years ago, he goes, you want to know what really makes time fly? He said, raise a child. Yeah. And now I, you know, it's I, bananas. I, I totally see that because. Every moment, you know, everybody thinks that when you hold a baby for the first time that it is, it's this incredible thing. And it is, but is what you, you don't know as, as a first time parent is that it just gets better day by day. And then you, you cherish those moments so much, you don't want them to escape. So you, you, you know, your years just fly by and all those Christmases when they're little, I know, and all of the summer vacations, and all of that stuff. And then you realize that that's what matters, right? And then you're like, oh God, this is gonna go by so fast. Like, you know, I, I think how, how we've been in this house. Uh, well, I, I thought this the other day. I, I didn't bring it up to you yet, but I thought about this the other day. Noah, next year, will be halfway through his school. Jeez. He, well, or you could look at it like this. He went through kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. He's 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 going to be halfway done here in a couple of months because yeah. he'll do another six years, and then he's done. Wow. And and I remember bringing him up there to Miss Fitzlaff, his kindergarten, teacher. walking him right in there. Yeah. So think about how fast that window went from there till now. Right, that that happens again. He's going to be eighteen and, and out the door, and he'll be. He's gone. A young man. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be 11 in a couple of weeks and he's headed to middle school in the fall. Yeah. And it's like, how so he's knocked is out, that possible? He's knocked out half of his school career. And Clara's two months away from the end of kindergarten. Right. It's yeah. Just, it's, it's bonkers. It really does fly. And I remember people saying that when I was younger and I'm like, oh, Friday feels like a long ways away. It's not really flying that fast. And now I'm like, 
crap, was that a month ago already? Or when you were a child and you remember how it seemed like an eternity between Christmases. Oh, yeah. And now it it doesn't. I I mean, not to freak anybody out, but we're we're about one quarter of the way there. Into 2023. I know. It's just, it's it's wild how fast it goes. It's been three years since the pandemic. Right. Three years. So I, I boom, think gone. as you get older, you get a better idea of how fast it really does go. Don't blank. Don't blank. That's what they say. Yeah, right? even now when somebody's like, oh, in 10 years, I'm like, oh, that's going to be here before we know it. That's <laughs> <No. laughs> right around the corner. Oh, my God. So anyway, no, this was not meant to be depressing. Yeah, I depressing. don't think it is because it's just, you know, I, I, I'm just, it's interesting to see how different generations handle that moment it is and i i don't know why but but generation generations fascinate me yeah and so i think well i think it's changed and the the generation gap and the evolution has changed so rapidly over the past two decades that it's it's crazy mm -hmm. you know I i don't know how long gen z will stretch out so what what is what would clara's generation be then um, is she, okay, let's look. Born in 2017. So do they have a label for them yet? I thought it was alpha. Yep. Alpha. And that they don't, is. So they really don't even have a persona yet. Gen alpha is the demographic cohort succeeding Gen Z. And, um, they're using the early 2010s as the starting birth year and the mid 2020s as the ending birth year. So both of our kids. And I've seen some that put the very youngest Gen Z at that like 2012, 13. And then some that say 2010 is the end. So it, you know, there's always that kind of gray area until they get a little older. And then I think they, divvy them up like i didn't realize i was a millennial until probably 10 years ago right because you well you were right on the cusp I, well yeah you I'm almost an, made an el- and then they say elder millennial and yeah that that makes more sense <laughs> like oh yeah that fits so yeah gen- noah's either the very last of gen z or the beginning of or alpha. the very beginning of gen alpha i don't even know what the, what will that what will their hangout be right because well they because they say that Our, Gen Z has a crisis. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But they say Gen Z has a crisis like every 30 seconds. <laughs> and I'm not picking up. I love I'm Gen a, Z. I, but it's just, I, so do I, because I like the- They I just li- fascinate me. I like the free-spirited approach to life. Right, That's the, what I like. Their experience in life is so much different yeah, than anyone else's has ever been. Yeah. And so I think that that, is just going to be interesting to watch it play out. Something to think about. Same with Gen Alpha. Yeah. And those are the going to be the pandemic kids. So it'll right. be really interesting to watch them. And none of them will know how to do plumbing, heating, or electrical work. So they'll all be calling Holly <laughs> yes. up at Ryan's Plumbing and Heating in St. Peter. That started with my generation. I know. I, my dad could do everything. I can do nothing. That's so, a serious thing. Like the the need for skilled tradesmen oh yes. is huge. By the way, if you're a young individual and you want to avoid, avoid college debt and be right into a, a, a job 
that is absolutely in demand and with immediate placement and a great income. And not get trapped at a desk. Look at the trades. Look at the trades. And if you you are experienced, again, they're always looking because Mm -hmm. they're so busy. Why? Because they've been around for over 100 years and people love them. So if you do have any of those needs, you hear us talk about uh, Ryan's Plumbing and Heating and Ryan Electric a lot, and they've done everything around our house, including putting a hot tub in outside. So uh, again, you can give Holly a call. We have a link on our website. Go to georgeandjess.com. And if you're experiencing a midlife crisis, crossroads, reckoning, awakening, whatever you want to call it, uh, go to Heat Salon and Lifestyle Studio, and they're going to get you in tip-top shape for your midlife situation, would, <laughs> whatever it would, may be. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but would it be possible for you to po- perhaps have one of your get-togethers down there sometime at heat. Yeah. The tea, the tea thing that you did. Maybe. Yeah. Well, she, well, yeah, Nicole, Nicole was there. Exactly. She's the owner of heat and she has created, um, such an amazing atmosphere at heat where it's like an experience. Yes. You get your haircut. Yes. You get a blowout. Yes. You get your eyebrows waxed or whatever waxing you need, your extensions, your eyelashes, but it's really the experience of being in the salon from the moment you walk in the door, you get you meet with your stylist. She's curated um, her products really specifically. She's curated the items in the the wellness boutique really specifically. She's brewing up uh, the beauty tea, and it's all just um, you can tell that everything at heat is done with intention. And I think that's what makes that's what really sets it apart. Yeah, from anywhere else. And so um, we have a link on our website for heat. You can find it at georgeandjess.com and you can either choose the wellness boutique or to book an appointment on the homepage. While you're there, get some of that tea that she I has. Know, it's so good. And it's, it's fantastic. so beautiful. It's a great, it's, it's a great evening. Kind of yeah, like and, wind down. And Nicole helped develop that yeah, tea. It's right. customized it's for heat. Um, and again, that just goes into the intentionality behind everything. That would be a great place to have one of your tea Tuesdays. I know. I knew think of that. There you go. All right. On that note, we want you to have a fantastic weekend and boy, the, do we have some cool stuff coming up, including if all, if everything goes as planned next week, we're going to have a hypnotherapist in. Yes. Yeah. In I the mean, moon as, lounge. As long as. Mother Nature cooperates, which I think it's just going to be cold be. this weekend, yeah, but we are going to be, um, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, we've got some really, really good interviews coming up, so stay tuned. And again, follow us online and be watching for our web update. That's going to be cool. The web update's going to be <laughs> cool, and just have a great weekend. There's some exciting stuff coming. Great yeah, weekend. Have yourself a fantastic weekend, and we will be back again on Monday morning.